Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Jadava Show. This is your host, Jacob Valier speaking. It is time for week seven picks. Uh, of course, there was a game last night um, that, you know, we never picked Thursday games, but last night was Cardinals and the Saints. We actually had a high-scoring, eventful, fun uh, Thursday night football game. Uh, the Cardinals beat them down, beat the Saints down 42-31, to uh, despite uh, four touchdown passes from Andy Dalton. Dalton also threw three interceptions. Two of them were pick sixes within like a minute of each other uh, late in the game, uh, or late in the first half, rather. At one point, the Saints led 14-6, uh, to six, and within a matter of minutes, they were down 28-14. to 14. Uh, So that was eventful. The most eventful part of last night uh, in the NFL world, that is, uh, was the uh, trade heard around the world, Christian McCaffrey, has been traded to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I think, uh, you know, there's two parts of me on this McCaffrey trade. On one side, oh my gosh, like the 49ers have gotten by with some subpar, low, lowly drafted running backs in the past under, under Kyle Shanahan. You know, like right now it's Elijah Mitchell. They had Raheem Mostert in the Super Bowl run a few years ago. Like those kind of guys like are fine. They're not game changers, of course, but, you know, they have looked like game changers under Kyle Shanahan, who has always utilized the running back position really well. Of course, you go back to his days with Washington back in 2012, 2013. Those were the best years of Alfred Morris's career. Um, and so he's always, and, and Alfred Morris, by the way, was a six-round pick. Terrell Davis, when he played for Mike Shanahan, six-round pick. So those guys look great under the Shanahan's, but this is Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in the NFL, former first-round pick, extremely versatile, plays with a quarterback who fits his style of play almost to a T in uh, Garoppolo. So on one side, I think the trade is dynamite, and I think it makes the 49ers maybe the scariest offense in the NFC. You know, add Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and now McCaffrey. In Kyle Shanahan's designs, I think it's an unbelievable offense. Um... On the other side, I just, I don't know, trades, this is all a hunch, but trades like this are never exactly, you know, they don't, it seems to me they never exactly go the way you think they're going to go. A lot of times they're going to, you know, there's a certain trade, like a few years ago, Odell Beckham got traded to the Browns and Cleveland had Baker Mayfield entering his second year. They already had Jarvis Landry and David Njoku and, and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and an offensive coach and everybody was saying, oh my gosh, Odell to the Browns, like this offense is going to be unstoppable, but the offense never took off. Uh, you know, Odell never took off with the Browns. It was just a bad fit. And I'm not saying McCaffrey's a bad fit with the 49ers. I think McCaffrey's a better fit in San Francisco than ba- uh, Odell was with Baker in Cleveland. But, you know, there are certain trades that happen and you think they're going to really work out. Like you think, oh, well, this is the missing piece. This makes their offense that much better, or this makes their defense that much better. You know, sometimes those don't really ever come to fruition because, you know, it's not like one player can change an entire offense unless that player is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or a great quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when people, when Devontae Adams got traded to the Raiders, oh my gosh, this is, you know, the Raiders are an unbelievable, they're going to be an unstoppable offense. Well, they've looked fairly stoppable, you know. The Raiders haven't looked dynamite this year with Devontae Adams. He's looked good, but the offense as a whole hasn't looked great. Um, you know, it, it, just because a big player gets moved to another team, you know, that team could be better. But 
you know, you got to watch how they how they gel, you know, how they how they actually play and work together. And uh, that's why I think the jury's going to be out on McCaffrey. On paper, it looks great, but I don't think this makes the 49ers Super Bowl favorites by any means. I mean, you know, he had Cam uh, McCaffrey had Cam Newton and Ron Rivera um, back in those Carolina days, and they never made, won a playoff game. McCaffrey's never been a part of a team that's won a playoff game. So, look, no, yeah, nothing's automatic. I'm not saying anything, you know, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, or, you know, they might, but it's not going to be, you know, I'm not saying the Super Bowl picture looks completely different with McCaffrey than it did before, but, you know, I think it definitely adds a new piece to that offense that's already one of the most creative in the NFL. So that's my thoughts on the McCaffrey trade, on the Christian McCaffrey trade. Heard around the world, Panthers are sending him to the 49ers. The Panthers are doing an all-time you know, so they're, they're doing what the Nationals did, um, and I know this as a Nats fan. They did what the Nationals have done, really, last two off-seasons, unloading. You know, they're a bad team with all these stars. You know, that's a tough place to be. You know, they traded away Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Josh Bell. You know, I'm probably forgetting somebody, uh, but they, they traded all these pieces to get to build for the future, and that's what they're doing right now. Um, the Panthers, they went into this year, they were trying to win. They, you know, I remember there were some people on TV saying that the Panthers had a chance to be a sneaky playoff team, and to which I thought that's completely ludicrous. I, you know, Baker Mayfield does not move the needle at all, and they have a terrible head coach, and they're in a division with Tom Brady. Uh, but a sneaky playoff team, I thought that's probably a bit of a reach. Well, they're 1-5. They look like the worst team in the NFL. They'll be lucky to win three or four games this year. I think they got one or two more wins left in them. But they're going to get waxed most weeks, and you'll you'll hear about that later on in my picks. Um, so that's their news. The 49ers are obviously all in, and uh, that's my thoughts on that. So, okay, let's get into week seven, uh, NFL season, week seven. Um Gosh, we're almost halfway through, although we got a couple, we, you know, right in between week eight and week nine, which will be two weeks from now, is the middle of the season. So, you know, we're not there yet, but still, season's moving along quite quickly, as it tends to do. And so, um, here we go, week seven picks. Uh, we have a few teams on bye week. I do not know them off the top of my head, um, but I will pick the games that are available this week. All right, so, Packers at Commanders is my first one, and uh, you're going to call me a homer, but I am taking the Commanders plus four and a half. There's a reason the Jets and the Giants have been able to beat the uh, Packers the last couple weeks, and I'm not saying the Commanders will. Um, that's my pick, but, you know, would totally be not be surprised if they lost this game by 50. Um, but the, there's, the reason that the Giants and the Jets could beat up on them is because they're physical football teams. They get to Rodgers. They make him a little uncomfortable. First of all, he doesn't have any receivers. I don't think Christian Watson is going to play. Randall Cobb's not going to play. So his top two receivers will be Romeo Dobbs, who's been a bit of a question mark with his hands this year, and Alan Lazard, who's not a number one receiver on almost any other contending team. Um, they don't utilize Aaron Jones very well, and they'll if they get into holes, if you put the Packers in a hole, they will have a hard time getting back out of it. That's the, I mean, they've proven that in the last few years with Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't really come from behind. He likes to control the game, you know, get out to an early 10-0, 14-0 lead and just control it from there. But if they're down like 10 to 10 nothing or 14 nothing themselves, it, they're not a team that it's easy for them to come back from. They, they are the ones that sort of have to control the game. So if 
you know, Taylor Heineke providing a spark for the Commanders. I still like Carson Wentz more than Heineke, but, you know, Heineke will provide a spark. He's a bit more fun, a bit more loose than, than Wentz is. Um, and, and the Commanders got off to some hot starts uh, middle of the season with Heineke last year. They call play, they seem to call plays way better for him than they have ever have this year for Wentz. And so, look, they, I... I think if the Commanders get out to an early lead and the Aaron Rodgers has to chase points, that's where he'll get a little bit, you know, more turnover prone. Not turnover prone, but mistake prone. Um, and by the way, here's this underrated stat. I know I'm spending a lot of time on this game. Underrated stat for this game. Aaron Rodgers in his career at FedEx Field, 0-3. 0-3. I, I did not, in the regular season. He has won at FedEx Field in the playoffs. Uh, back in 2015, but in regular season games, 2010 uh, overtime loss, he threw a pick in the overtime to LeRon Landry uh, that gave the Redskins a win. 2016 Sunday Night Football, Kirk Cousins throws for 375 and three touchdowns on his defense and beat him 42 to 24. And then a few years ago with Alex Smith, 2018, uh, Washington 131 to 17, basically controlled the entire game. Rodgers, you know, was harassed. You know, he was under pressure a lot that game. So, with that being said, I am taking the Commanders plus four and a half. Not going to pick the score, but I think it's going to be a close game, and I like the Commanders to cover and maybe win outright. <clears throat> okay, uh, Falcons at Bengals. Uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons plus six and a half, mainly because I can't pick against the Atlanta, you know, when they're underdogs. They, they're undefeated against the spread as underdogs this year, uh, which tells me they play really hard. They, you know, they play up to their competition. You know, they're not a, wa- a pushover team like we probably thought they would be. You know, they'd be a team you could just walk all over. But the Falcons have played efficient offense. They've had a good running game despite, I mean, I don't even know besides Cordero Patterson who plays running back for the Falcons. And defensively, they've been opportunistic. So, you know, say what you want. But the Falcons have been able to play really close, really tight, and the Bengals have not had a propensity to really blow anybody out this year. So I, I like the Falcons to cover. I like the Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati to win, but I like Atlanta to cover. So I like them plus six and a half. It's a big point spread for me. Okay, um, Lions at Cowboys. It's uh, currently yeah, Cowboys are favored by seven at home. A lot of people are picking the Cowboys or the Lions bet side of the bet because they're saying it's a trap game. Dex not fully healthy, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going to go against the grain, and I think I'm going to pick the Cowboys minus seven for a few reasons. One, the Cowboys have owned the Lions. Dak Prescott specifically has owned the Lions. I think he's 3-0 or 4-0 in his career. Average margin of victory is 17 points. Um, Yeah, this is, you know, Dak has owned, if he's owned anybody, he's owned them. They're at home. Um, And, you know, Defensively, the Lions are ranked dead last in points and yards allowed per game, and Dak, against bad defenses, has been known to rack up yards and rack up points. Dak has proven in his career he can't beat good teams. He can only really beat up on the bad teams like Detroit, like the Giants back in the day, like the Commanders. Like He can beat up on those teams, and that's what sort of gives everybody the impression that he's actually a pretty good quarterback, um, even though he's painfully average. Um I think they win this game by, like, 20 points. Uh, the Lions aren't a good team, and Dak, he, look, at home, he beats up on bad teams. 
And so, yeah, if the Lions play physical and run the ball down their throats, I like the Lions a little bit more, but the Cowboys have proven to have the best defensive front in the NFL this year. Uh, They've had one game this year where they haven't where they've given up more than one touchdown defensively. So yeah, I like the I like the Cowboys there, which is a weird thing. I've picked the Cowboys back to back weeks, but I do like them here. Um, Colts at Titans. Titans are favored by two and a half. I like the Titans minus two and a half here. They've won six straight, I think, against the Colts, five or six straight. Uh, the Colts are coming off an emotional win. Uh, they're coming off back-to-back wins. One of them they didn't deserve. The other, you could argue, they were lucky to get out alive against Jacksonville. Um, the Titans are the better team. Uh, they run the ball much better than we probably still give them credit for with Derrick Henry. I mean, he still runs the ball very well. Um, and Tannehill's playing efficient def- uh, offense. And defensively, they're not as bad as we probably thought they were after that Giant. I mean, they're, they're a missed kick in the Giants game away from being 4-2. and two. And what, with one of those two losses being a Buffalo. So, you know, I think this is a, this is a game that the Titans will control. The Colts will probably make it, you know, scrappy. The Colts have been a scrappy team this year, but they'll probably, you know, make it close at the end. But I like the Titans to win and cover. Buccaneers at Panthers. It's Tampa Bay minus 13 at home. That's uh, on the road, excuse me. Bucks favored by 13, and I am going to take Tampa Bay minus 13 here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious why. The Panthers, yeah, these are big spreads, and the Panthers are going to be big underdogs in a lot of games, especially against good teams. They're just there. They have no head coach. Steve Wilkes is 3 and 14 careers as a head coach. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not healthy, so it's P.J. Walker and Jacob Eason, and no, none of those guys are scaring you. Um, they just let go of Christian McCaffrey. They let go of Robbie Anderson. They're probably going to let go of D.J. Moore eventually and sh- guys like Shaq Thompson and Brian Burns. Um, they're, they're just going to be a uh, just a dilapidated football team. They already sort of are, and Tampa Bay is in desperate need of a win. Tom Brady rarely wins back, loses back-to-back games. Uh, he's lost three of four. He's been in the news this week because, you know, people have been questioning his commitment following him going to Robert Kraft's wedding. So, yeah, I think Tom Brady will be extra motivated like he needs that uh, to go out and crush the Panthers, and I think they'll do just that at Charlotte. Uh, Giants at Jaguars. Um, interesting line here. It's uh, Jags are favored by three on the uh, at home, excuse me. I'm going to take the Jags minus three. I really, I, I am one of those people, pr- loud and proud, one of those people that just don't believe in the Giants quite yet. Um, I think they're very well coached, but they're extremely limited offensively. No receivers, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. It's all Saquon Barkley. Um, and, you know, just pray the receivers get open. Uh, but Brian Dable's been a great, done a great job of getting guys open because he's a great coach. And uh, the running game has been stout. The defense has been opportunistic. And the Giants have, been, have sort of just been one of those teams that just lets you melt down in front of them, uh, which is a sign of a good team, a sign of a, chop, a chippy team. So, um, yeah, I like – listen, I, I think, you know, I, I probably just made a case to pick the Giants. But Jacksonville's talented, and they're pretty good, and they're at home. They've lost three in a row. Uh, a couple of them have been close. I, I really do think the Jaguars are ready to come back – and, and, you know, sort of tell everybody, hey, you know, we're not done yet. We're actually a pretty good team. They run the ball pretty well. Their offensive game planning is very efficient with Doug Peterson. Um, and if they, they're going to win this division like some people think they do, and I still sort of have an idea that they might, then, you know, they're going to 
<laughs> this is a big game for them. You know, they got to go out there and, and, and punch the Giants in the mouth. It's going to be a very physical football game. It's going to be a well-coached, well-designed football game. On a hunch, I'm taking the Jags to cover and win. Uh, Browns at Ravens. This is going to be surprising to some of you, but I'm going to take the Browns plus six and a half. Baltimore has had a 10-point lead in every game this year, but they're three and three. What does that tell you? They've blown multi-score leads three times, half the time, and all three of those 10-point leads have been squandered in the second half of games. They did it last week. They melted down at the end of the fourth quarter against the Giants. Uh, They melted down against Buffalo. They certainly melted down against the Dolphins earlier in the season. This is a team that, you know, they're they're bad situationally. They're bad late in games, and I think that's going to really affect them down the stretch, and I think it's going to affect them tomorrow. The Browns do a good job of controlling the game. Uh, outside of one, outside of the Patriot game last week, the Browns have really controlled a lot of football games and been in a lot of games, and they're kind of unlucky to be two and four. They should be three and three or four and two with a couple of their losses. But um, you know, they they play efficiently. Jacoby Brissett, if he doesn't make mistakes, I like the Browns to cover. I don't know about winning, but I like them to cover because the Ravens have not really had a fun time blowing teams out this year, or or they haven't really had a chance to. So. I like the Browns there. Jets at Broncos. This is easy for me. It's really it's a one point. The Jets are one point favorites on the road, so you really are picking who's going to win the game. Um, and I like the Jets. I'm sorry, the Jets are better than the Broncos. They're hot. They're young. They play with a lot of passion, a lot of energy. And the Broncos seem like a team that hates their quarterback. I mean, the body language for the Broncos the last few weeks. Now, some of those receivers might just be pretty immature. But Russell Wilson just seems to bum everybody out. Uh, He's not playing well at all. He's dealing with a couple injuries, a back injury, a hamstring injury. And uh, Russell Wilson, you know, I think he's lost the locker room. And I think they're poorly coached. The Jets are are better coached. They have a young nucleus of players that play with a lot of passion and a lot of energy. And the Broncos have been a crappy team this year, so I like the Jets to win. Raiders uh, at uh, Texans at Raiders. The Raiders are favored by seven. I'm going to take the Raiders minus seven there. I'm, I'm just convinced they're not as bad as their one and four record indicates. And the Texans are one of the worst teams in the league. So I'll, I'll be brief on that one. Um, as well as this one. Uh, this is Seahawks at Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are favored by five and a half. I actually like the Seahawks plus five and a half here on the road. Uh, the Seahawks have held tight with everybody they've played this year. They've been close. Um, they play efficient football. Um, they, they run the ball low-key. I mean, no one talks about the Seahawks running game, but they run the ball very, very well. Um, and, you know, they, for all intents and purposes, they are the most, I mean, they have the most accurate quarterback in the NFL and one of the top five highest-rated quarterbacks in the NFL in Geno Smith. And the Chargers seem like a poorly coached football team. I think those matchups, you know, Justin Herbert will do what he does. I mean, the Seahawks aren't a very good defense. But say what you want, this has been a cat and mouse game where the Seahawks have played efficient football and they've held their opponents tight and it's a five and a half point spread I can't not take the Seahawks Chiefs of 49ers if if McCaffrey was playing I would take the 49ers at home but the Chiefs minus two is a juicy one because I think they're better they're coming off a loss uh the Chiefs rarely lose off a loss uh they went all out against Buffalo last week uh, it's back to the drawing board for them, and San Francisco is still dealing with some injuries. And McCaffrey probably won't be available, and if he is, he's not going to play a whole bunch of snaps. He barely knows the playbook. He just got traded yesterday, late last night. 
So, yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs here to win this one uh, and cover. Uh, finally, Sunday night game, a really random Sunday night football game. It's the Steelers at Dolphins. Steelers are, you know, they had an emotional win over Tampa Bay last week. Kenny Pickett's going to be back. I don't think he's that great. Uh, and I think if he plays the whole game last week, they probably lose. Uh, Miami's getting Tua back. They're going to rally around him. Um, they're at home. The Dolphins are. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus seven. All right, so... I'm taking the Commanders plus four and a half at home against Green Bay. I'm going to take the Falcons plus six and a half at Cincinnati. Dallas at home minus seven against the Lions. Titans at home minus two and a half against Indianapolis. Bucks minus 13 at Carolina. Jags minus three at home against the Giants. Browns plus six and a half at Baltimore. Jets minus one at Denver. Uh, Raiders minus seven at home against Houston. Seahawks plus five and a half at the Chargers. Chiefs minus two at San Francisco. And the Dolphins minus seven at home against uh, Pittsburgh. And so my record on the year is 32, 31, and three. Uh, Not terrible, not great, but, you know, hovering around 500. That's a lot of, you know, that's what you get when you pick every game of every week, uh, except for the Monday night football and Thursday night football games. Uh, Those are my picks for week seven. Have a great weekend of football, everybody. Great weekend lies ahead for college and the NFL. We'll be back on Monday. And yeah, I'm your host, Jacob Valier. This has been the Jadava Show, everybody. See you Monday.